Hello and welcome everyone to a new episode of the Advanced Real Estate Investing Talk. It's Aurelien. I'm here with Glenn and Darcy, glennsutherland.com and Darcy, darcywhat.ca. Uh, Glenn has several courses about uh, multifamily investing now and also his uh, classic about uh, flipping houses in the US. And uh, Darcy uh, has a website with uh, darcywhite.ca where he publishes his thoughts uh, on the different topics we cover. He goes at length in the, in the form of a blog post. So thank you for everybody for tuning in today. What about you, Ari? You didn't talk about yourself. The Mindful Investor. <laughs> oh, it's moved. So I, I do this event now, the Real Estate Coaching Circle. So I have this event in London and I uh, I, I have a group of um, uh, around me of entrepreneurs and so business owners and, and uh, real estate investors. And we meet on a regular basis. It's the inner circle. If you want to learn more, advanced talk at gmail.com, advanced talk at gmail.com. I'd be happy to uh, book a session to see if you're a good fit. Oh, Ari, I wanted to add that I'm also hosting a conference in Toronto at the Toronto Airport, October 21st. The conference is called A Canadian Investing in U.S. Multifamily. Um, so basically the same as my thing, only we're going to have to do a little bit more talk on the multifamily side uh, rather than the single family side. Um, got some amazing speakers, Brady McDonald, Quentin D'Souza, Felix Vortman. Ari, you're coming as well to speak. Um, myself, I'll be doing a, at least one speech. Uh, Adam Raz will be there. Ali Ajami and Brent Green, which are my tax team in the U.S., they'll be coming up to answer all those sort of questions. Anyway, tons of value. If you're interested in this, go to glensullivan.com slash conference. Uh, anyway, continue, Ari. So I went to the gym the other day, and I met with a young fellow, He's, and his question was, I told him about the podcast. He had a question. He said, I'm 30. I just started working as a software engineer. I paid off all my student debt. I'm told to buy a $300,000 condo, which is what you can find in London, Ontario. But I think debt is bad. What do we think? So <laughs> I, I have a few ideas. So I, I'd like to start with making a distinction between good debt and bad debt and, yes. and assets. Uh, there are... It was really a, it was a revelation for me, and I suggest you read it if you haven't done so. Um, by Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad Poor Dad, and the difference between assets and liabilities. And I think there are good, there is good debt and there is bad debt. If it's consumption debt like a credit card or a store card, and these are things you've bought just to consume and for um, you know standard status or the wrong reasons. Uh, these are not, uh, these are liabilities, um, a car, an expensive car, which you can buy if you can, you know, it can be a toy, you know, you, you reward yourself with if you have earned, you know, if you make enough money and this is, you have extra income to be able to purchase it. But typically good debt, uh, so bad debt is typically very high interest on, on liabilities and good debt I see as low interest debt, lower interest debt. And student loan can be a, can be okay that because if the let's say the, the interest rate on the loan is five percent and you have money you can invest in the S and P five hundred or an index fund which is more than five percent then you know you there is a spread there and um, and good debt ideally could be invested in in real estate in an asset that uh, you know you've properly underwritten in an area with sharp growth and population growth and if you do your due diligence and, and you buy a good asset. 
you know that's that's also good debt and um, and the thing is with debt inflation is going to eat at your debt uh, as as time passes you know the buying power of a dollar decreases and it's also um, good if you have debt uh, long-term debt you know the the inflation eats at this debt and and with a rental you pay down the principal as time passes and, and typically uh, rent increase and um, and also the value of the asset typically increases so there's an um, interesting part to that too because you just mentioned rich dad poor dad or uh, robert kiyosaki um because the way he looked at it was debt on your personal home. If I'm, I haven't read this book in a while, but if I remember correctly, debt on your personal home was bad debt as well, right? The way he looked at it, right? So for, uh, you know, for this, for this engineer, we'll call him, we'll call him Mister Engineer. Um, mm. <laughs> he, he's, he's looking at uh, a possible bad debt, right? Um, if you, if you go with Robert Kiyosaki's standards, right? But, um, I think there's more to it than than just labeling that as bad debt um because if you think about it um if, if say you were going to uh you know if this is going to be a rental property for instance the the best tenant you'll ever have is yourself the best property manager you'll ever have is likely yourself as long as you <laughs> <laughs> makes allowance for a handful of guys right <laughs> yeah but there's 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 situations to that but like um, you know, if we were going to compare this to doing a rental property, which we considered the good debt, right? Um, yeah. You might be, you know, you, there's some cons to that. You might be dealing with Ontario tenancy law. Um, mm -hmm. You might be, you know, just dealing with a tenant that doesn't pay, which all falls into under the same category, right? Um, so if you're like, hey, I want to, you know, embrace, you know, the um, ideally <laughs> appreciation and the the mortgage pay down and the things that are great about real estate, whether it's a rental property or your personal residence. Um, yeah, you got to live somewhere. The best tenants yourself, you are going to pay the rent. You're not going to have to chase <laughs> that those people around, right? Um, I know the one part you, you did mention as well was that it was a condo. Um, and that's honestly, that's what you have to kind of do to get into those kind of price points of the 300,000 right now, because everything's gotten so expensive. But honestly, I hate condos. <laughs> uh, yeah. The I, issue I, with condos is you have these um, boards and they take care of, they make decisions and they, they're not typically the, they're not necessarily the best financial decisions. You know, they might go with a very expensive um, roofer yeah. or a not, not the best roofer. So you have zero control over the expenses versus owning your own home, which is more expensive though. Yeah, and I'd make a case. Own, prices can go right up. Like sure, they, they but I'd make a case for condo ownership because I've been out uh, in a condo. Ooh. I've owned five of them. I currently own two. And I've been a uh, board chair on a condo uh, condo committee, a strata complex. And I've served on three others while I had managed rental properties in those condos. They are constrained. Uh, Ari's right in that they don't often pick the best deal because they have to work on behalf of the whole board or the whole strata. So they replace things before they're worn out. If you had a house, you wouldn't replace your roof until it was leaking. But if you're under, under the terms of reference for a strata, they have to, they're, they have to do the best for everybody. So a worn roof or an old roof needs to be retired, not a leaking roof. If you do a leaking roof, then they, you could be sued because you're not doing your best for the condo. So it's not perfectly efficient, but as my accountant said to me, Darcy, you get to go to that board. You're only one 110th responsible for what's going on. 
it's a huge waste of your time because I was spending so much time trying to make sure that they were the best and the most efficient and accountable. And that was a lot of energy, especially when I was on three boards at the same time. I don't think it's a bad way to get into the, into the business though. Uh, I did, that was my entry that and a long time listeners will know we bought a office building with some partners way early on through my father-in-law, but I'm looking at uh, four, eight, 12, 13 condos in London, Ontario We're listed right now today. Today's uh, September 12th between 275 and 325, 5% off the top of them means that you could get something just over $300,000. These are all mostly older buildings built in the seventies. There's a handful of newer ones, two bedrooms, one bath. That's why I picked. Um, I would have to quote here. My father-in-law, Rudy Eidenberg said, show me a young man without debts and I'll show you a poor old man. If you don't accumulate some debts and obligation when you're young, and that includes a wife or a partner, children, a mortgage, a business obligation, you'll be poor. You'll be relationally poor when you're old and you will be poor. The time to accumulate debt is when you're young, when you can manage it, when you have energy and strength and vigor and vitality to try and reset a, a, you know, a profligate life at the age of 60 or 70 to take on debts then is insanity because you don't know how long you're going to live and you're not strong. You're just not. You're not as fast as you are when you're 20. I can attest to that. I'm 61 in two months. I'm not the same guy I was 20 years ago. Um, but there's, you know, guys have said there's a huge difference between good debt and bad debt. Uh, bad debt is financing any asset, anything that you purchase that depreciates. A car is bad debt. It, it just is. Um, cars, boats, vacations, consumer goods, shoes, whatever you have that depreciates that when you take it out of the store, it's worth less. That's bad debt. You should never finance those things. Those are luxury goods that have to be coming from your savings or as a rental for a period of time. So a car lease is better than buying a $120,000 car that just depreciates. You can write off a lease. You can write, write down a car. It's just a frivolous asset. If you're rich enough to afford a $120,000 car, do it, but don't fool yourself. It's not good debt. Good debt appreciates. Uh, real estate generally appreciates. The claim is 4% per year over the last 400 years. In Canada, because of extraordinary circumstances, we've seen way higher than that. But I would say I love I love that uh, uh, Glenn brought up a university, and I brought up a university degree. This is the best one. I was a, accosted by some student outside of... Uh, Sid Smith Hall at University of Toronto in 1999. This is an old story here, folks. Put a blanket <laughs> over your knees. I'm going to take you back to 1999. <laughs> and this this guy was so upset. He had a placard and a and a and a sign up to complain about the debt that U of T students were going to have. Now this is outrageous, folks. Twenty three hundred dollars a year for tuition. He was furious. He wasn't going to have this. Aren't you mad? I said, Are you serious? I'm 38. $2,300 a year seems like an incredible bonus, a deal. You know what I'm going to do with this $2,300 a year? I'm going to spend four years of that. It's going to be less than a shitty Pontiac Sunflyer costs. Four years of university is going to cost less than one of the worst cars that General Motors made. That seems like an incredible deal. And you know what I'm going to do with that? I'm going to get a $40,000 a year job. So I'm going to trade roughly $25,000 a year plus textbooks and all the other student fees for a $40,000 a year job that after tax, I'm going to keep 30 or 32. 
So I'm going to have a price earning ratio of one to one in year one. And I'm going to take the wisdom and everything I learned from that university degree, and I'm going to compound it year after year after year. Because the studies show that people have any sort of education, whether it's a weekend course, a diploma, a certificate, a university degree, a master's or a graduate studies, all of them pay off way beyond their actual cost. It is an appreciating asset, just an experience in, in earning power for your life. Um, it is probably one of the easiest and smartest things to do to leverage yourself up. Uh, it's probably better than buying real estate, I would say. As a teacher, former teacher and a lifelong learner, it's been the best investment I've ever made. Uh, bar none, but this is a real estate show. So yeah, talk about so real estate. we're talking about like, you know, sort of whether that, whether it makes sense to leverage himself up and take on this debt. Totally. Totally. Um, so you got, you have to start somewhere. I, I don't know. Maybe this almost could be another podcast. I think that we, I could, a lot of my points, I could, uh, you could probably come up with another 30 of them, but like just comparing it, um, like living in real estate versus having a rental real estate. And I think you almost would have to look at um, how much of a building you'd have to buy to generate the income to pay your rent mm -hmm. versus what you would pay in a mortgage payment, right? You'd have to, there'd be a lot of uh, adjustments and juggling to do. Um, but this wasn't even what he was asking, right? He wasn't yeah, he was asking worried about, about debt. Yeah, just he was just worried about debt, about debt at all. And I think debt. that you've just got to like, that's just yeah. going to be a natural process. Otherwise, you're never going to own a home. You're never, you're, if you are waiting to save up to buy that home, you are never going to be a homeowner. Yeah, you're, it's a, it's important. It's, that is a way of leveraging. That's the, that's one of the key words, you know, you leverage. And like Darcy was saying, if you're young, you have time ahead of yourself. So you can yeah. leverage that. And, and there is no other assets out there that the bank are going to leverage as much as real estate. You can get a mortgage up to 80% yeah. loan to value. So oh, hold on, wait, CMHC, you could get that up to 95%. Yeah, 5% down. This guy first for $15,000. First time yeah. home buyer too. Like yeah. there's a lot of perks to doing this. He could pull money out of his RSP to use this totally. um, and not uh, have, you know, have a nice gradual payback for it. Um, anyway, I think that, that there's, there's so many advantages to doing this as your first product first home and one of the points that robert kiyosaki if you see if you see if you've seen him recently he talks about how uh you know if you have equity built up in those properties you can refinance and then you get all this money uh you make sure that you know that you you're you're uh, you're still covering the debt and you can still pay the mortgage mm -hmm. and, uh, so you do yeah. it reasonably but it's it's tax free. You don't you don't yeah. pay tax on that money because it's it's a new loan. It's not um it's not you don't pay capital gains tax. And yeah, Kiyosaki is big on that. I you know and that's he's this is the thing why we should it's almost a drinking game for us. Every time we mention Kiyosaki, we should just take a sip of coffee or I don't know, folks listeners. You could turn this into a drinking game with friends. Every time we mention, it, everyone takes a sip. Every time we mention the millionaire next door, you have to finish the bottle. I don't know. <laughs> um, the writing on debt is typically fear-mongering. So you see the Conference Board of Canada, household debt in Canada increased by 12% during this period. Okay, their period is November to February. Of course, people are buying Christmas gifts. You know, they pay it off by March and April, and then it's a lower number, but they don't report that lower number or crazy stuff like that. Um, the only thing when they talk about debt is as bad. So this this poor fellow, what are we calling him? Engineer? This uh, software engineer? engineer? Yeah. He's got a brilliant future ahead of him. 
He's paid off his student loans. He, they uh, paid off their student loans only 30 years old. They've got a very portable career, highly desirable. Uh, they have a lifetime of learning. If they, you know, don't have some mishap that shortens their life. Um, and in, uh, in that they have a, probably a 30, 40 year career of incre increased earning and responsibility that will easily manage debt. They'll be able to buy a home in Canada. You know, they're lucky, lucky that they're out of sight of the GTA and the great and the GVRD greater Vancouver regional district. Those are insanely expensive areas, but in London, when he said, when your quote said that if looking at a $300,000 condo, I was curious what he could get for that. This is a place to start. I started in a crappy home in my wife and I bought a crappy home in upper, 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 upper beaches in um, East York. That was 18 feet wide and 40 feet long and built in 1912. And it was leaky drafty and a little bit tilted. Um, that's our place to stop. And I didn't start there till I was 38, eight years after this guy, this person could be largely into the next one after this. Yeah. In and eight it, years. it's very important to remember that every month, you know, if you pay your mortgage, uh, you, you're putting money in your bank account mm. because you're paying yes. some of the principal, uh, this money is going to come back to you. It's your primary residence. So if you sell and upgrade to the next one, you won't have to pay capital gains tax. Yeah. There are a lot of advantages. And as you pay interest, because the principal reduces, also the interest rates go lower and lower because it's it's uh, based on the, the principal balance left. So yes. those, those payments re reduce with time. So, and yeah, it's, a, and yeah, so the, the issue with the, Condos are the, those uh, condo fees you may have to pay, but mm -hmm. you know not all condos are created equal. And maybe if you are a bit adventurous and you are an engineer, so maybe you have a good salary, maybe you can afford a house and you can even do what is called house hacking, where if you don't mind living with others, if you like company, you can rent out rooms in this house and uh, ha have those people help pay your mortgage. And that's a good way to get started with uh, real estate investing and uh, uh, renting out to others, you get you gain experience as a property manager that way. So, lots of advantages. You said the exact same thing I was about to say. But like when I started out, I bought a condo, um, five a three bedroom, and then I rented out the rooms, right, so that I could pay the mortgage and afford the whole thing. And if I wouldn't have uh, bought that property and went through that process, I wouldn't have been able to create a home equity line of credit with some equity. Um, so that I could have actually started doing this real estate investing. If I wouldn't have bought that first home or even put it off longer, I wouldn't be where I am now. I would mm -hmm. have, it, it's the honest truth. It's the honest yeah. truth. Um, I didn't, when I started investing in the US, we talked about this, I think a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about, like I think Darcy and I, we both started, I think Ari too. We started with home equity lines of credit as our initial yeah. investing funds, right? Yeah. Like that's, it, where did it come from? It came from that principal residence. Without the principal residence, it just wouldn't have, it would have been so much harder to do that first investment. Yeah, no question. Yep. Yeah. So what did what did you actually say to him when you're working out? So you said you're going to use this on your podcast. Perfect you episode for a podcast. <laughs> you got to tune in. Here's a link. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Made, that's good. That's good marketing. It. That's brilliant. I, I made it that. work for it. Yeah. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Yeah, so we're taking a vote. Things. So uh, uh, to this guy, should you buy? Yeah, find something, buy it. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, you oh for sure.
Yeah, because people are also, we didn't even touch on this, but a lot of people are concerned or they're waiting to time the market. They think it's going to continue to drop or whatever, um, which it might. It may, right? Um, but like uh, Ari was saying, you're going to continue to pay down this mortgage. If you're just going to stay in the building, it'll it'll work itself out, itself out over time. It's just like with stocks. You always hear about people just selling them too soon. You got to ride it up and down and it's a long-term game, right? Um, if you're yeah. going to stay put, let's, maybe that's another point. If he's not planning to stand put, if he's if he gets a, a job offer in Ottawa and he's gone, um, maybe like home ownership might not be the right thing, right? Because <laughs> Well, even then, you know, he's going to put some, some money in the bank. And uh, so I don't know about the closing costs for both transactions. So you, you yeah. need to factor that in, but depending, yeah. Yeah, typically it's better if you have a longer time horizon, so so they they don't eat up too much of your, because uh, those properties appreciate. You know, we're in a the circumstances right now. There is so much population growth in Canada that, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. No, I agree. Those are both awesome considerations. I'm just sorry. I'm just looking here while we're talking. I'm I'm browsing through the MLS listings for two bedroom one one bath in London. I can't believe if this is a two-story townhome walk out into a common back green space, all new seven, seven appliances, 325. It's been right. unlisted for quite a while. You can probably get it for less than that. 319 takes this home for you folks. 1090 Kipps Lane, unit 141, walkout basement, new vinyl oh, plank, new cabinets. Holy crap. That's um, where I sign me up. Kipps Lane. Yeah. In the summers. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, this is your backyard, Ari. This is <laughs> this is where you live. Yeah, and I recommend uh, uh, this person I met at the gym to listen to the podcast, and hopefully he'd find the answers and would take some action. Yeah, phone so, back in and yeah, thank you for your insights, and uh, yeah, thank you for everybody for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. Bye, everybody. Thanks, everyone.